Hello, welcome to From the Rooker End, brought to you by The Athletic. My name is John, with me is Jason. Hello there. And DCW. Hello. And uh, we are outside the East Stand, just near to the Munich clock. And we've left Old Trafford, where Watford have lost 3-0 away at Manchester United. I mean... We wanted to draw DCW. It would have been brilliant and a win would have been fantastic, but surely you didn't expect more. Well, for about 30 seconds, I thought we might get a draw <laughs> until, until our VAR worked its magic and we haven't obviously we haven't seen any replays because Old Trafford's one of the only two grounds in the Premier League that doesn't have a big screen, so we have to take, take, take people's word for it back home that it was handball, but... It would have been lovely to get a point. We're in, we're in an absolutely desperate situation right now, after the match, in the heat at the moment. It just feels like another... I mean, you don't expect necessarily to come to Old Trafford and get anything. Obviously, they're not what they once were, but they're still Manchester United with a lot of good players. There's 70,000 people watching, so anything would have been a bonus. But we're, as we've spoke about week after week on this podcast, you know, there are no free hits left. There are no The, the margin for error gets vanishingly smaller and smaller each with each game and it's just it's just it was a really frustrating afternoon just once again it's the same it's the same problems it's, it's I'm, I'm bored thinking about it talking about it we can't do anything in the final third I think Mike summed it up well on our WhatsApp group and he's well, well, uh, can we not use the exact language <laughs> yeah. that Michael has used on our WhatsApp group yeah but he said it's a lamentable performance in the, fi- in the final third and he's absolutely correct it's exactly what it was I'd, I'd like to see um our successful passes ratio in that final third, particularly Gerard Delafoe, because it just felt like every time we had the ball in those areas, we panicked, we, we just didn't know what to do with it. And it was, I don't know if it was just because Manchester United defended so well, probably not, because we, as, as DCW said, we, we, we're bored of saying this. We were just playing passes into men that had two or three men around them. And it, and it seemed to be we, were, we didn't know what to do with the ball. And, even then, they're, they're, perhaps there were better options on, and we didn't didn't want to take them for whatever reason. I don't know, but it was just e- almost every pass ended up at a red shirt in that final third. So there's nothing new, as DCW said there. But was there is there anything more new that we could do? We talked about all these different options, and we, we saw changes towards the end, Jason, where we saw Welbeck come on, Zar came on, but wasn't really. It's almost like actually right down this uh, other side of the picture, where the literally the minute he came on, Luke Shaw gave his first opportunity just to manhandle him and shove him off the pitch. It's almost like that was the, that was it. He was not that he was gone from the game, but he just didn't shine. He came on too late for me. I think. I, don't, I mean, we 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 I don't know. Jokingly, maybe talked about. Pereira's mistake just before half time and said that could be it that could be Pearson decision made and he said right let's get Sar on now it didn't turn out to be that way and probably fair enough you know at 1-0 no, there was no reason to change it probably at that stage but when it went to 2-0 right you've got to do something half an hour left next goal is important if we get the next goal we've shown that we can score because we did get one back but then obviously chalked off so we know we can do it we can score a goal here at Old Trafford get Sar on now give us something different give them something to think about but we didn't we waited he came on what with about 20 minutes to go and within about 5 minutes it's 3-0 game over and, and he's had 5 minutes to try and do something and it not enough not enough time for me it should, he should have come on when it went to 2-0 we would have given him about half an hour to try and change the game the 3 goals DCW one was a penalty that was well it was a penalty but you wouldn't have blamed 
you, know, you don't blame Ben, I don't blame him anyway for having to go out for that. Uh, the second goal uh, came from Ben again, uh, coming out for a, a ball and attack and it's not going back and uh, leaving a wide open goal. And the third one came from uh, Jerry Delafay trying to be a bit too clever uh, and then breaking and going from one end of the, go- uh, the pitch to the other. The rest of the performance though lacked that third but this isn't I know that Mike on the, on the WhatsApp group just said just relegate us and that's that's Mike and I think he's missing his therapy session that we're doing right now but the rest of the performance it still isn't a team that's head is through the floor and wishing for the end to be put down I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty concerned by that performance actually because I don't think Man- Manchester United they've strolled really to a 3-0 victory there today they weren't outstanding but they weren't there for the taking you know sometimes you see a team and you think oh they're for the taking no, well I don't know I mean relatively speaking this Manchester United side compared to previous years sort of are there for the taking at Old Trafford they're a, they're a team that struggle sometimes against teams like us because they want to play on the counter I mean you saw a couple of their goals came from counter attacks and they can hurt you like that they don't want the ball they're not very good in possession again compared to some of the the, the best teams in the league these days but I'm, I'm, I'm just really frustrated maybe it's just because we've just come out of the game and in, with you know with a bit of distance I might feel different but that, that performance lacked conviction courage and confidence Every, we got, again, we, Which of those is worse that though we didn't have conviction, courage, or confidence? Well, I think all three really. They all now which is worse? They, they they all feed into. They all part of the same thing. They all feed into each other, and you could see you could see the confidence, which wasn't great at the start, being drained away as we went through the match. And at the end, that was a match. You know, you need to be put out this misery. The ref players were blew, blow, blown his whistle at 80 minutes. It was done. It was finished, and we had the ball in so many good positions you know, Dini had the ball in the penalty area at his feet in the first 5-10 minutes of the game and for some reason I don't know why was it under his feet or whatever he didn't shoot and there are other moments like that we're in good positions we don't shoot we're, we're, we're not sure what to do oh, do I pass it out wide do I shoot do I take another touch or come inside or go outside there's moments where we're on the edge of the box and the next pass goes back to the halfway line because I don't know what to do and then the third goal was a perfect example of that we had the ball in a, on, the, on, the, on the left hand side or the, or the or their right hand side and we didn't cross it, we tried to pass it, we didn't know what to do, and before you know it, within 10 seconds, it's in our goal. And that was symptomatic of our performance today. We, we, all that confidence we had, we managed to generate and find and grow and nurture over Christmas, seems to have evaporated by these, these blows that we've had, these last minute defeats and, and wins, potential wins have turned into draws. And now it seems we're on the floor again. I just, where are the goals coming from? Troy Deeney, you know, I, we love Troy, but we have to accept that there are, there are a lot of things that that man can no longer do. He is not really good enough for us anymore, really. He'll get you penalties, you know, a few penalties a season. He, you know, he'll take some chances. But I think even by his own admission, he can't do it all on his own. Welbeck is, Welbeck is you know, I feel sorry for him. He, doesn't get, he hasn't had any game time. He's been injured, but... You know, it just feels all desperate, doesn't it? Just I, I'm not, I don't think I'm there with desperate yet. I don't think it, it just really seems, you know, a team that the team that we know, the team that was winning all those games, that team isn't there. And I know that's because it's only in many ways two players: it's Kiko and it's Zar. I know one of them did come on the pitch today, but that's that's this league. It's the fine lines of any game of football. The fine lines between. A couple of players making you a better team and more sturdy and more confident 
But then it's the difference between a better player making a moment. And we know we didn't make any of those moments, and any moments we sort of did make really weren't taken. Well, what, what, I mean, what has gone our way the last couple of weekends are the other results. And we've been talking about it a lot in the lead up to this game, but that's not going to last. That, that, that if we don't start winning games, so for me, I'm I'm not giving up hope yet. I'm taking it one game at a time, Brian, <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I'll continue to do so until it's mathematically impossible. So, still, still belief for me. But yeah, we need to turn it around quickly. And and we talk about the difference between the two two teams today, and we talk about Manchester United counter attacking the fact that we are lacking confidence. That, that for me was the difference I think in the way that they attacked was that when they when they counter-attacked they did it with confidence they trusted themselves they they looked to go forward all the time with their counter-attack whereas we ultimately when we try to counter-attack the ball would end up at a player whoever it was Pereira, De La Feu, who didn't want to go forward who didn't have the confidence to to beat the defender to, to get behind the Man United defence they'd stop and wait and look for a teammate and, and, and that's when Man United were able to get back and all of a sudden we're having to make passes into areas where, where they were congested and there were lots of red shirts and not many yellow ones you said DCW your, your annoyance and you did get quite annoyed at several occasions I don't know if you ever watched yourself watching football but you were quite aggressive at one point to do with getting the ball to feet and the fact is that Pereira and Jerry just want to get the ball to their feet and there were countless Opportunities where the ball just needs to be threaded through. In fact, in several occasions, it was threaded through into space and they just weren't running. We didn't feel that, though, before. Is that just a... I know, we, again, we've, we've talked about this before. Is this just a Pereira problem? I think, yeah, look, it's fine. If you want the ball to feet, you know, you've got to deliver when you get it. And I just think this team, in the way it plays at the moment, the, the, the matches where we've played well and got points in the last few months have been when the wide players have worked well. When, when Delefeu is on his game, he's, he's interesting. Right? He's a player that a lot of my friends who are not Watford fans and don't watch the matches, they go, oh, God, he's really good, isn't he? Oh, I bet he's going to get a big move in the summer. What a great player he is. He's a sort of player that when you see him have his moments and the highlights and stuff, and you look at how many points he gets on Fantasy Premier League, you think he's brilliant. But when you watch him week in, week out, you know the frustrations that we have with him. And Pereira, you know, he's not a player that anyone says <laughs> to me that is any good. And, you know, again, he occasionally has a moment, but that seems to have gone now. Like, it's... When we were playing really well, we had Saar out wide. You know, Delafay was kind of doing his thing on the other side, but we had that option of Saar getting down the down the right hand side, in behind people. He would run, he would get the ball, he would knock it, or he'd get the ball played in, and he would run onto it. And we just don't do that. It's so frustrating when you see that time and time again. Because our midfield players, they're good passers of the ball. They'll get on the ball. They're tenacious. They'll win it, and they'll look, and there'll be an option for someone to run in behind. And what is it? It's Pereira or Delefeo standing with their hands on their hips by the touchline saying, give it to my feet. And then what do they do? They get to their feet, they come inside, invariably they lose it. And that is, that, that's what the big problem is for us at the moment. Jerry seemed to be, for me, that, that, that bad Jerry that we saw before uh, Nigel turned up uh, to take control. Uh, that one who really felt like, it feels like he feels like, he wants to win, has, has to win the game. He's the one who has to do the magic. He's the one who has to run with the ball and cut in and do some magic. And he did hit the the, the, the bar in the in the top corner and could have done a little bit of Delafeu magic. Um, it wouldn't have been enough, but it, you know, he's, it felt like he was trying to do that a lot more today than he ever has done uh, in the last two, two and a half months. A podcast made by Watford fans, fans. for Watford fans from the rookery end. Mike's surname is Parkin, his son called Arlo, and this is our feature, Michael Parkinson. 
It gives me great pleasure to welcome once again to Michael Parkinson. It's Arlo. Arlo, how are you doing? Good. Good, yeah, I had to think about that. It's been a disappointing afternoon, hasn't it? We've seen Watford lose 3-0 at Man United, but they have lost to Manchester United. Arlo, my question to you, who do you think from the Watford team could get into the Man United side? Mm, I'm going to say Decore. Why do you think that is? Because he's the best Watford player or just he'd be better suited to Man Watford player. He's the best player. Yeah. And I think we'd get a lot of money for it. Oh, very sensible. Gino will enjoy that as well. And just how so? How are you feeling in general about Watford at the moment after this afternoon's result? Not that disappointed because obviously I'm used to it now. Oh, we're all used to it, aren't we? But we'll get on with it. On to the next one. Yeah, I think we'll win next time. Even though we're playing Liverpool? Yeah, well, that's what I was talking to you about a few weeks ago. I think the team to beat Liverpool will be Watford because I think Alisson will make a mistake and Watford will score score another one and then we'll capitalise. Arlo, love that positivity. Thank you very much for joining us. Bye. We're the Orns, you're the Orns. On Tuesday evening, uh, our Colin went down to the Watford Museum uh, for a special event put on by the Proud Hornets. We've spoken them, to them before uh, about what they do as a, as a Watford fan group, uh, and he went to find out two years on where they are uh, and what's happening, and also some very, very spectacular and special news they had to share. He also spoke to Dave Messenger, the sporting liaison officer for the club, uh, about how the club are supporting uh, groups like the Proud Hornets. So, Peter, just tell me a little bit about Proud Hornets. We formed about three years ago, and, I and most people will remember our involvement with the TIFO display of the rainbow colours, which was a really, really proud moment. In terms of our aims and objectives, it was really to ensure that we encourage people of all uh, sexuality, straight, gay, LGBT people, to feel that they're comfortable in attending football. And we meet down at the Escort Tavern prior to the home matches, unless it's a uh, change for... Unfortunately, TV games, <laughs> which is always a pain in the wotsit. And how many members have you got at the moment? Well, there's over 100, 100 about 110 members, uh, about over 1,000 followers and various through the various social media outlets. That's amazing. That's, that's, that's fantastic uh, to see something like that grow so quickly. Yeah, yes. In your experience over the past year, year and a half, two years, do you find, have your members found or experienced homophobia in football grounds? Not directly at Watford, thankfully. However, we do get it through the usual social media channels, but we know that the club will take action and uh, we have had evidence that the club has taken action against certain individuals. So the club do practice what they preach in that regards. Mm. Touch wood, we haven't seen it when we've gone to away matches directly with ourselves, but we know it, it's there. Mm. And people say, well, why do you need your group when it's not such a, an issue, say, around Watford? Well, we do need our group because we need to raise the profile that homophobic chanting or homophobic abuse is not, not acceptable in this day and age. First of all, we're football fans. Yeah. You know, what goes in our, our private life that's up to ourselves? Mm. Yeah, you know, we're here to enjoy football. No, I can remember very sadly, of course, back in the 70s when I first started supporting uh, Watford and we had Elton John mm. as uh, the chairman and owner, there wasn't a great deal of homophobic uh, chanting and abuse mm. which was directed at him, which was 
obviously at the time must have affected people from that community and thought mm, maybe football's not really the place for me it's not it's not a safe place for me to go I could be subjected to uh, that kind of uh, prejudice but are you do you feel that things are have moved on a lot do you feel that there people are more tolerant widely uh, widely more tolerant yeah they're more to- tolerant but I think there are some instances probably which doesn't help with the political climate over the last two years where people have sort of got more confident in themselves to be more um, how can I put it uh, offensive. Abra- <laughs> offensive and, ab- and abrasive towards other people, yeah. almost like a them against us attitude. And because people, because it's out of their comfort zone, they people don't know how to take it. If mm. that makes sense, mm. because they think, oh, that's not norm to them. Mm. Well, what's norm to you then? So, as proud Hornets, have you had contact with other groups from other clubs? Do you do you sort of you know meet up at away games and uh, you know and have a pint and chat? Yeah, I mean, they're recently, uh, unfortunately, the game didn't go our way against uh, Trimere Rovers <laughs> at home. They came actually down and met us and we had a couple of pints uh, uh, with them and that's really good to, to meet up with other groups and also we're quite privileged in terms of being able to attend other events outside of football that are football related. Mm. Recently uh, FA's LGBT History Month which we were invited to and that's an opportunity to meet other groups. Uh, around the country as well. It's very good to hear that the club um, sort of immediately got behind the group once it was sort of announced. Have you felt that support throughout? Yes, we have. They're very supportive. They leave us to our own devices in terms of what we want to do. If there are things that we need, we will approach them and then obviously within reason come to some agreement in terms of what what we like to do. So it's like with any other groups and we want to ensure that we're not just isolated uh, in terms of right, there's the LGBT group; they just get on with mm. themselves. You know, we want to make sure that we're inclusive with everybody, and it goes back to the We campaign mm. of the club to make sure that we're here for everybody, not just one section of society. Mm. So now, this evening at the Watford Museum, you're going to make an announcement. The announcement is that we're very pleased and privileged that uh, Troy Deeney and Helen Ward, for the Watford ladies, are going to be our patrons mm. uh, for our groups, which we believe that is the first for a, a current Premier League player and for, obviously, in respect of the ladies, first-team player, mm-hmm. to be a patron of a, a top-tier football club. So we're very privileged... That's uh, fantastic! ..for that to be announced. So thank you very much, Troy, if you're listening to this, and Helen as well. We're very th- thankful that you know, you've taken the time to support us in our objectives. That's fantastic news. It's brilliant to have a club captain like Troy, isn't it, who, yes. who seems to be everywhere all the time, getting involved in all sorts of different yes, things yeah. and uh, to have someone like that representing the club and, and uh, becoming your patron along with the uh, ladies player Helen Ward I think that's just a, that's just a fantastic sort of yeah. step forward and also it does really show the clubs and the, and the playing squads their commitment to what you're doing yeah yeah, it does and it, it, it's real feels you know we're all one family the old Graham Taylor ethos mm. saying we, we all belong together mm. and you know as we sort of hopefully don't get relegated. <laughs> we all need to pull together. Um, and there's like these last ten or so games that, uh, um, you know, with that enthusiasm that we all have, because we love Watford, um, that we can all pull together and get ourselves out of this mire. That's brilliant. Thank you. Just one last thing. If uh, one of our listeners is listening to this and wants to get in contact with the Proud Hornets, how do they go about that? If they email, which is info, I-N-F-O, at proudhornets, which is all one word, dot com, and one of us will uh, get in contact.
Uh, so I'm now here with Dave Messenger, who's a very well-known figure to Watford supporters on match day. He is the supporters' liaison officer. So Dave, just tell us a little bit about the Proud Hornets and when you first became aware of them and how the club is, is seeking to support the group. Uh, the Proud Hornets is um, the, the most fantastic thing, really, about how it all started was the fact that I got two separate emails about a week away from each other, from Peter Wilton and from Callum Jewell, both saying about how it wasn't right that Watford didn't have an LGBT supporters group and given the proud history that the club had with Elton John being chairman in the 80s especially, they felt it was a little bit of a, of a, of a miss that Watford didn't have an LGBT supports group. So our challenge straight to get those two guys was we'll start one. If you're interested and if you've got the, the drive and the enthusiasm, we'll support you all the way. We'll do what we can to help out. And if you're happy to drive it, we're happy to support it and, and let's crack on and let's get it done. And, and it's to their immense credit that everything that they've achieved has been as a result of their, their hard work with the other people that are involved with the group, Stuart Nielsen, Peter Quinn and um, Stuart's wife Kelly they, the, the, the work that that group has put in together to make the Proud Audits what it is, is is phenomenal It seems to be quite an, an early one because uh, Peter was saying that they, they're now starting to link up with other clubs that have similar groups and that's just a fantastic thing for football isn't it because there was a time in, in the dark past where people from that community probably didn't feel all that comfortable coming to football but now you know, everyone's making such a lot of effort to open football up to everybody this is a great thing for the club and the club is sort of fully behind it and supportive Yeah absolutely and I'd agree completely with what you've just said it is, it is very much of the moment that, that LGBT sports groups are coming together but what we particularly like about the Proud Hornets is their message yes they're, they're from the LGBT community but their message is very much inclusion They've, their message is very much this is a group for everybody that shares their beliefs and shares their aims so it's not just a group for people supporters that are, that are from the LGBT community for them they see it as being a very much a, a, a communal effort a group effort and it's borne out in the work they did with the 1881 movement to create a fantastic mosaic last season for the Rainbow Laces match against mm. Manchester City and the links that they forged with the other groups across the country you know they were they were won an award themselves at the end of last year for the, from the Fans for Diversity campaign and it's, it's just been brilliant and for us as a club it's fantastic to see our supporters leading, leading the way and, and trailblazing which is what Watford's always done So nothing epitomises the club support more than, than getting the club captain to become the patron of this group along with Helen Ward who plays for the women's team and that's a fantastic thing for him to, to, to firstly be made aware of the possibility mm. but actually to agree and get involved Yeah it's brilliant and it, it speaks volumes for both Troy and Helen as well and their commitment and the fact that they both appeared in the video that we did before Christmas speaking to Callum about all manner of um, issues around discrimination and from that conversation the idea of them becoming patrons was born and both of them were absolutely thrilled when we asked them and you know it's um, it's all when Proud Hornets asked them to be precise but yeah for us it's another very clear message from us as a club that we support this quality and diversity work that we're doing that the Proud Hornets are doing that everybody's doing and to have Troy and Helen on board for the Proud Hornets is absolutely fantastic yeah I mean it's it's interesting at a time when football becomes has, seems to becoming so corporate in the, talking about millions and billions of pounds and you know clubs trying to break away or whatever, all those things and agents and all the things that we hear every day you know, that, that surrounds football to actually remember that really what football is about is about fans fans in the ground supporting their team and, and, and having that connection with the players yeah absolutely and that's 
massive for us as a club. You know, we've we've seen so many changes at Watford over the last five years. Certainly since I worked at the club, as much as my years going back supporting the club, we've seen such such massive changes. And you know, the, in the modern football world, certain things will change, and certain things won't always be appealing to our fans. But we strive and we work really, really hard to try and keep that ethos alive and to try and keep the, the spirit of what Graham Taylor and Elton John achieved alive. You know, the owners of the club, the chief executive, the, the senior management team, everybody within the club is fully committed to the cause of equality and diversity and fully committed to the cause of trying to make sure that our supporters stay on board with us because, you know, it's not the easiest time at the moment and we need everybody pulling in the, pulling in the same direction. So, you know, that, that sort of work and that sort of commitment from, from everybody here at the club is vital. Always believe in your soul. You got the power to know you're indestructible. Always believe in You're listening to From the Rookery End. DW, what was your favourite moment of the whole afternoon? Um, well, it- we got to cheer. We got a goal. Yeah, it was disallowed, but we got a good old cheer and a good old release of energy and tension for a good couple of minutes. Yeah. I went absolutely bonkers when, <laughs> when we scored that goal. Honestly, one of the most uh, voracious celebrations I've, I've put in for a long time, I think. But then you were right on the aisle. Yeah. So you had that room. Had you that could room really express really yourself. Stretch. I had both fists yeah. were out. You know, <laughs> were then obviously cruelly taken away from us. But um, I actually think it was when Nigallo turned around at the end and applauded us, <laughs> which just about sums it up, I think, really. Yeah, it was. Uh, I wasn't quite sure if the Man United fans were being ironic when they were saying uh, if Agarlo scores were on the pitch. I, I thought, were you being a bit uh, disrespectful? Uh, but it was lovely. We were a bit of a chant from the Watford fans, and uh, he turned in and gave a wave. The, the, my most, I'm going to say, what most most annoying bit of the afternoon is the uh, new Messina chant. <sighs> it's not quite right, is it? It's not right in the slightest. I don't know if anybody in the Watford have ever heard how to to sing tequila. Da, 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 da. Another good bit. This is the important bit. Messina. And you missed out the whole second bit. One bit. That's how you should do it. I mean, Tranmere really showed how to do that in the FA Cup game. But unfortunately, it fell a bit flat. Um, Jason, are you? What are you taking away from this? Is there anything positive or negative, or maybe no later? If there's anything particular you think Nigel needs to do with this team, let's let's say let's say in two parts. Firstly, next week against Liverpool, and then the runner games we've then got against the, the teams around. So, Jason, what is there anything different he can do next week against Liverpool? <laughs> I mean, defend, we, you, know, we, you know what we talked about? We haven't talked about Dawson being right back. Um, I, he put in a, a decent enough shift. I thought they were. It looked like they were going to target him early on. First, first mm, moment from yeah. the kickoff, ball sort of gone down the left hand side, and he looked a bit hesitant, looked a bit unsure. But I think after that, they tried a couple of sweeping balls, and he dealt with them very effectively. You know, showing that he, we know he's strong in the air. Dealt with those okay. Um, Never easy, I don't think, for a, for a centre back maybe to, to, to try and play right back. He's and attack wise, it showed. Uh, I think his first cross sailed out for a throw <laughs> on. Not, not even sure he touched the ground before he went out the other side. Lloyd Dawley esque, I think it was. And there was another moment, and we, we talked about the counter attack. There was a point where 
he should have been running beyond uh, I think Pereira was playing on the right at that point should have run beyond didn't stopped got a nosebleed sort of tracked back and you just say that's yeah you're not you're not a right back you're a centre back but no fair enough defensively we looked okay you know considering who we're playing where we are I thought Cavaselli had a decent enough game shame he fell over for the for the third one but I mean we'd already seen Delafeo run into another blind alley and Capu sort of sell himself by that stage anyway so you can't portion any blame to him it's okay defensively it's got to be all the things that we've talked about really if you want to take something away from today for me I'd say draw a line under it forget it you know it's, it's, it's a even for next week result just well yeah the stuff that we've talked about already attack wise look at yeah be positive don't be so negative just don't slow the game down let's get let's showing too much respect to the to the big size Man United aren't as big a size as they used to be, they ain't that it's great. Quite a big stadium, but it is a big stadium. <laughs> yeah, a very nice stadium. Um, but yeah, the, it's part of the problem because we're scared of the big teams, showing them too much respect. It shouldn't be that way. Okay. We are, we can beat them. I think there are. You know, I'm going to try and be a bit positive now. Go on, my, Dave. my earlier negativity. I think there were a few positives today in terms of we saw Saar. He's back. He's on the pitch. He got some minutes. Let's get some more under his belt. Maybe get another. You know, maybe start against Liverpool or come on against Liverpool and then really hit the ground mm. in that. You know, that next run of important potentially winnable games because next week really isn't a winnable game. It's it's if we get anything from that, brilliant. They're so good. Even though they will probably make changes, their reserves are still good enough to beat us easily. Uh, cleverly came back again. He could be a really important player in the running and. That, you know, more minutes are well back. I don't think he touched the ball two or three times. I think that was about it. But well, next week, why don't give him a start? Yeah. Just see. Just give him a start. Give yeah. him 90 minutes and say, go out there and do something. You know, I think so. We're seeing players coming back. Hopefully, Kiko's another week further forward. Didn't make it this week. But, you know, we as, as, as valiant as an effort as. Mariapa and Dawson and the various people that played fullbacks in his absence have done. It's time for a proper right back. You know, he is a really useful player for us when he's fit and on form. So hopefully that's the thing. Like, I think Jesh is right. Move on. It's Manchester United. We didn't get anything. Okay, there were frustrations, a few good performances. I thought Will Hughes had a good game actually. I think he's you know he's he's done well since he's come back into the team. So look, we can't give up hope. There are winnable home games. But time's running out. <laughs> tick tock, tick tock goes the clock. Um, thank you very much for listening from the Rooker End. We'll be back uh, with another preview podcast on Thursday evening, ready especially for your Friday commute uh, to work. Uh, and that will be myself and Adam Leventhal to uh, preview the Liverpool game. Thank you much, Jason. Thank you. And thank you, DCW. Machina. <laughs>